Hey, Illini fans, uh, welcome to the Orange and Blue News podcast. Uh, we're talking everything basketball recruiting today with the July live period just concluded. And uh, we have our own Jeff Carzen, our basketball analyst with us, and Scott Burgess again. Thanks for coming on, Scott. Scott from uh, Prep Hoops, Illinois. These guys have been out on the, on the trail uh, watching some of these uh, shoe company events and some of the independent teams out there. And we're going to talk some of the uh, top uh, targets for the, for the fighting Illini and um, – uh, Scott is the preeminent expert here on basketball recruiting in the state of Illinois, so we're going to uh, uh, pump him uh, for some info. So, uh, Jeff, turn it over to you, man. What do you got for uh, Scott? Sure. So, thanks for uh, putting this together. Fun to be back doing it again. Um, Scott, we, we saw a ton of hoops last couple months, um, these huge tournaments and, you know, 25 courts going on at the same time, but uh, as we kind of cull it down and, and want to talk about some of the, the top kids. Um, what, what are your, your big takeaways from uh, this first um, big evaluation period in a long time coming off of COVID? Yeah, it was good, you know, to be able to see college coaches in person again. Um, I talk to them all the time, but um, to actually see all of them for really what, five out of six weeks, because there was the July 4th weekend where we had events, but um, they weren't allowed to go out. But uh, yeah, it was cool to have them get to evaluate these players um, instead of just watching them online. And they got a much better read, I think, on prospects and got a better feel for where they're at with their games and um, getting to see some of the younger kids. So I think it was a pretty effective month, um, a long stretch for, for the players, I know. Um, you know, the, we still have one more week of, of AU ball. Um, our finals are this weekend. So a lot of these players are going seven weeks in a row and putting a toll on their body. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been really effective. Before, you know, I'm glad you, you talked about that, that toll. Before we kind of get into the individuals and, and so forth, do you think – big picture uh, grassroots basketball talk here. Do, do you think – this is a, the way that we it's currently constituted. Is this is this a good system? Is is there a way to do this better, or do you think the way that it's broken up into these weekends and they're playing so many games over a three or four day stretch, and then so many games again the next weekend? Is it? Are they, I mean they're used to it, I suppose they've been doing it, but is this is this the the way we should do it? Do you think, or do you have any ideas to, um, to alter it? Yeah, I mean, so actually the NCAA came out with recommendations that they're going to do um, probably for next year. Um, and it looks like they're going to put a week in between the two. They'll have two April periods. There will be a week in between. Um, they'll have the two high school live periods, a week off. They'll have um, the early, like the seven, I think it was seven through 10 in July, a week off, and then a six day period. Not a huge fan of the six day period. Um, that'll probably get end up getting split up into like multiple tournaments for teams. But um, I, I think they do maybe need a week off in between. Like I agree. Uh, a lot of people are banged up right now. Uh, just exhausted. I'm exhausted. And I didn't even play like <laughs> right. six different or seven different events and seven weeks in different cities across the country. It's um, yeah, it's a lot. And with the travel and, and all that stuff. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's definitely taking a toll on players and, and college coaches even. You know, I know talking to a lot of them on Sunday, they were ready for this to be over. And mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of them also realize by this point, it's like if you don't understand what the player is by this point after watching them for five weeks and you know that they're exhausted and just done basically, like, you know, you're you're not really doing a great job at that point. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Just jump, jumping in real quick, just so the fans know uh, exactly what we're talking about. Um, there, there's basically three, there's three major shoe company leagues, and then there's the independent teams that come together for events. And we've covered the Nike EYBL for several years. I, I know some of the teams and some of the kids were down in North Augusta, uh, South Carolina for, for over two weeks. It was more like a basketball camp than, a, than an AAU tournament. It was crazy. Um, and then we have teams in the Under Armour Association, like the Illinois Wolves is, is the predominant, predominant team here in Illinois. I don't, I don't know if we have anybody in the state that are, that's in the Adidas Gauntlet series. Maybe you can talk to that. And then, team and, Rose. And D. Rose. And then, there's all, and then there's a whole bunch of ind- independent teams. Uh, and we'll give Scott a chance to talk about prep, prep hoops too a little bit later and uh, the, some of the events that they had this summer. But that, that's just – that's kind of the, the leagues that we're talking about. Um, and they crammed everything uh, into July. The EYBL didn't have their normal four sessions. They just had one big long session down in North Augusta. So that was kind of crazy. Yeah, that from an evaluation perspective, it's awesome to you know to go to these to go be there somewhere for a weekend and and be able to see so many kids and and if you miss them at an 11 a.m. game, you could catch them at a 3 p.m. game and things like that. But but I think about it from the kids' perspective, it ain't it's not easy at all. It's it's a lot of basketball and in some high pressure kind of, you know, you're trying to impress coaches and that kind of thing. But moving on, um, Scott, I, I got a chance to see uh, the, the for 2024 kids, uh, James Brown and, and Merez Johnson a couple times at, at the beginning of valuation periods. I think, I think one of the ones you were at, um, those kids look like they're pretty special. These are two kids who just finished their freshman year. They're both going to be sophomores at St. Rita um, in the fall and both kind of looking like surefire high major kids already. Obviously James Brown, he's going to be maybe a top 25 kid nationally. Um, and, but then Merez Johnson as well. Are those two kids the for sure top two in the state for you in, in that class of 2024? Yeah, we haven't debuted the 2024 rankings. We'll probably debut those in September, but um, I would say it's about 99% that James will debut at one and Merez will be two, um, unless something crazy would happen in between then. Um, you know, James is just such a refined post player for his age, being able to put multiple combination moves together on the block, and he can step out and hit mid-range jump shots. He's a good rebounder good outlet passer he just has so many tools in his toolbox at a young age and he's got a great understanding of the game he's an awesome kid one of the most eloquently spoken young prospects I've talked to in a long time at that age Um, and then Merez really isn't that far behind him to be honest like I you know I've had you know people give me their case for him at number one uh he's more probably a little bit more athletic than James um more of a uh, a wiry build but he's got some strength to him as well super athletic rim runner um 
great rebounder, shot blocker, just does a little bit of everything. And he kind of fits the new age face up four. You know, you look at James, he's more going to project as a five at the next level and Merez will project more as a four. Um, and it, it's interesting to see him in different environments because, you know, we saw him during the high school live periods with St. Rita where they're playing with each other. And then you saw, um, you saw them play on different teams in, in the summer ball where James is with Mac Urban Fire and Merez is kind of the dude with, with Mean Street. So they could kind of play off each other in one setting and then kind of showcase their abilities in another. And it, talk about an embarrassment of riches for St. Rita. That, that's pretty wild that they're both going to be at the same school. And they could very well honestly have most likely the number one point guard in that class too, Jaden Rena, who um, played up with Team Rose 16U this summer. Super advanced basketball understanding and IQ from him. Under you know He just has a great feel for the game, can really pass it, uh, is a good pull-up jump shooter. He's probably going to be – the number one point guard in that class when it debuts um, this wow. fall. Wow. Who, uh, who can you tell us about after, after those couple kids uh, in, in the 2024 class that, that might be high major kind of kids? Yep. I think you got to start with Nojas. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name still. Uh, <laughs> in Drustias in, in um, from Lamont. Legit size at six foot five. He can really shoot the basketball. Very skilled player that moves well without it. Um, and he's got some athletic pop to him. I, I remember watching him, I want to say it was against Simeon um, at Riverside or at Ridgewood. And there was a lot of coaches there for Simeon. And I told him, I was like, you guys got to watch the Lamont kid. And he really opened the eyes of a lot of coaches there. So I think he's definitely in that mix for the top five. I think Chris Riddell from uh, Kenwood is a power wing that is has a physically developed body. And sometimes you worry at a young age when those kids are just so mature physically. But the difference with him is he's actually got a lot of skill to his game. He's a good passer, um, really showcased that. Um, and he can shoot the ball a little bit, and he, he can put it on the deck. So he's a multi-level scorer. I think he's definitely one to, to track in that class. Then, honestly, a lot of good in-state players from Central Illinois. Daquan mm. Brown from Peoria, um, he's going to be fighting with Jaden Arena for that number one point guard spot. Um, combo guard that can really score the basketball um, and, and get to where he wants on the floor. Um, and then three big men from Central Illinois, Lathan Somerville from Peoria, Notre mm -hmm. Dame, plays with Mean Streets, big-bodied kid that uh, anchors down low, quick, fluid post moves, um, touch around the basket, like him a lot. His high school teammate, Cooper Koch, has already got um, an offer from Iowa. There's some family connections there, but he's a very skilled foreman that can step mm -hmm. out and do some stuff on the perimeter. Um, of J.R. Koch, who used to play at Iowa. Yep, yep exactly. And Jaheim Weber, um, he plays with Illinois Wolves um, from Normal Community. He didn't play much on varsity last year, but he's definitely got legit size at six foot eight, six foot nine, that um, projects him well long term. Um, so those are those are just a few of the guys in that class that um, 
you know, you can look at, there's a kid Peyton Kamen who dropped 61 in a game this spring for Team 10 Jabari Parker, plays for DePaul Prep. He's going to kind of be that DePaul Prep's next go-to guy. Um, good size on the wing and can really, really stroke it from deep. He's about six foot four, six foot five. Um, another guy I really am high on is Jaden Smith from Lincoln Park, plays with Mac Urban Fire. Uh, a lot of projectability. He's not all the way there yet, but he flashes the skill. And um, there's a lot of intriguing qualities there as far as a shot blocker, um, someone that can make an impact on both ends. A couple other guys, I would say Antoine Glasper from Collins um, and uh, Carlos Harris from Curie are two um, CPS guards that play with Mean Streets that also – made a name for themselves this spring. So those are just some of the names in a class that I think is projecting to be a, a pretty good group early on. I think you, you're going to have, like you said, Merez and James both have five-star potential. And then there's four or five guys that could be potential top 100s after them. So it's just kind of see how everything shakes out after that. Okay, awesome. That's a, a lot of new names there for our, uh, for our listeners to – to start tracking in that in that class. Um, as we move forward a little bit to to the kids that are a little bit older, uh, the class of 2023, um, you know, a lot of the talk is on the Mac Irvin kids with that one. J.J. Taylor, of course, a star. Um, and then Day-Day Ames and Davius Lowry. Is that pronounced correctly? Lowry. Yep. Lowry, okay. Um, so those kind of, those are kind of the, the headliners probably in the state for that class. What what did you what did you make of of those kids when you saw them this uh, evaluation period? Yep, yep. So I got to see them um, the second high school live period at Ridgewood playing with their high school team, and then the next weekend, um, Day Day didn't play, but um, Lowry and JJ both played with the Fire. Um, JJ actually played up seventeens, and then. Um, Lowry played 16s so you know they're they're I mean Taylor's just phenomenal he's a consensus top five player in the country at this point he's got a I mean I, I would never put this kind of comp on a kid but he's got like a Kevin Durant-ish Amani Bate-ish type game mm -hmm. where it's like just so fluid and skilled on the perimeter with a wiry frame he gets his jump shot off with such ease very athletic player um, that is just one of those guys that is worth the price of admission to go <laughs> watch play um, Darren I, would, I would throw in uh, Scotty Pippen in that group too really mm. similar to, to Pippen the way he could handle the ball play a point forward type of role shoot from the outside six, seven, yeah. Six, eight. yeah and, and he's, he's he's the best slasher in, in the country in his class that I that I've seen anyway right and then hold on sorry the phone's ringing here <laughs> it never stops um, so Darren Ames, I think when you look at him, he's just an explosive uh, point guard that can really get to the basket off the bounce. He just has a tremendous feel for winning off the dribble, taking great angles, getting to the hoop, and making plays off the bounce, both as a scorer and a distributor. He's definitely more of a scoring point guard at this stage. Uh, I think he fits that role that you've seen over the last few years in um, – you know, the Mac Urban slash 
Morgan Park, now Kenwood backcourt players like Charlie Moore and Io and um, you know, there's just those explosive scoring guards that can get buckets in a in a hurry. He's mm-hmm. got some range on his three point shot. Uh, Lowry, when you look at him, he's kind of that new age face up four with a strong build. He can shoot it from the perimeter. Uh, a little bit streaky at times as far as like the production goes. Sometimes he'll play really well and he'll have an eye-opening game and then other games it'll be kind of like he wasn't really out there as much. But uh, a lot of upside and potential there at six foot seven with that build and that, um, you know, that skill set because he's very skilled uh, at six foot seven, being able to step out and shoot it and put it on the deck and be a physical player around the hoop when he needs to. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I like Ames a lot. I, I think he's uh, he's going to be a good college player. He's just, can, like you said, can get to the hole, and he's aggressive, and um, I, I like how he projects a lot. Uh, Scott, you, you talk to college coaches a lot. You talk to these prospects a lot. How, what is, what's the tenor of, of conversation now when, when you talk about the University of Illinois' basketball program and coming off a hell of a year but that disappointing finish um but now with Kofi back and uh, what what's the kind of the atmosphere around Illinois now for for both coaches and and kids are they starting to get that reputation back where it used to be yeah for sure I think that the last two years um obviously they didn't make the tournament two years ago because there wasn't a tournament but um and then this year having one of the best teams in the country um, you know, you talk to, I remember interviewing Day Day Ames and he was like, you know, yeah, they were a top two, three team in the country all year. Like the players definitely know what's going on. They're not oblivious to college basketball. Like most, most of, you know, if you're a high profile basketball player, you're watching high profile college basketball, um, especially having IO, you know, be that high profile in-state guy that, um, you know, made a national name for himself this year. I think that definitely helped and showed those in-state players that, you know, you can be the next guy. I think the the quote, I always call it the coolness factor, is starting to kind of trend back toward Illinois, where I think for a while there it wasn't – it really wasn't there. Totally. Um, and I think it's starting to trend back toward, you know, it is kind of a cool thing to go rep your home state and carry on that legacy that – you know, IO and, and that group built um, and be the next group um, to do that. So I definitely think in state um, it's, they, they've done a really good job of building momentum and um, they're very active with going after these guys about, uh, you know, 2023 players, 2024 players um, and just learning and building relationships with those guys at a younger age um, I think for a while there, they were playing catch up in a lot of these classes where, you know, you know, you had to get transfers late or you had to sign guys late and they weren't able to kind of get ahead. And now they are as far as not only the success on the court, but like you look at this year, they currently have three commits. They still have more room to go. But once you have three in the bag, you can start putting more focus on 23 and 24 a little bit more. And that's going to obviously help down the road. Yeah, since we're on the topic, it it seems like um, Illinois has always uh, tried to have a pipeline from like one specific AAU club. If look back at the Bruce Weber era, and it was 
his relationship with Mike Mullins from the Illinois Wolves that really brought some players in. Uh, you know, and then and then later on when Chin Coleman was on the staff, it was the Mac Irvin Fire, and they got the big fish with the Io Sumu. Now they've hired a guy in Tim Anderson who has deep uh, ties to the Mean Streets program. Uh, can you talk to that a little bit, of, you know, and the, the type of talent that flows through that that program, which is a Nike EYBL club, and, and how well do you think Tim Anderson will do uh, on the recruiting trail? Yeah, definitely. I think he – um, obviously has deep ties with Mean Streets, but also he's been a college assistant coach at DePaul, and he didn't just recruit Mean Streets guys when he was there. You know, uh, they got Charlie Moore from the FIRE program. They got Marquise Jacobs from FIRE. They got Ahmad Bynum, who played with both throughout his career. So uh, I don't think he's just limited to just one program. And obviously, you know, having that connection, but all uh, also the connection that they've built over the last few years with um, with the fire. I don't think it's going to go away just because Chen's not there anymore. Um, they're they're definitely very invested in building relationships with those players. And then, I mean, obviously, it's not as high profile of a player, but Brandon Lee they got from Illinois Wolves, so they have relationships with across the board from all programs. And um, as far as Tim goes, I think he's going to do a really good job. Obviously, uh, AJ Casey is the top Mean Streets player on the board for this year. Um, that's going to definitely help them get in the door even more in a recruitment that, um, you know, is going to have some big, big boys involved in it. Um, and then, you know, moving forward, obviously, Mean Streets is going to have top players every single year. Miles Rubin, Daniel Johnson, Sam Lewis. They might not be nationally known names yet or have Illinois offers, but they could be guys that could emerge like that. And then in 2024, Merez Johnson and Nogis are both Mean Streets prospects who will debut in the top five overall in that class. So, um, yeah, definitely, obviously, Mean Streets has a ton of talent every year, and that's not going to change for, for a long time. I think I think the the publicity that I got, you know, in the state and um, kind of the constant media attention, I, I think that is resonating in a positive way for Illinois. You know, the he's going to be an NBA draft pick this week, and um, he was he was on SportsCenter and and all that stuff. I think that like that's such a pivot point for them to to lend towards that coolness factor that you talked about there. Um, Back to some of the some of the prospects that that we saw this month and and spring, um, Scott. What what can you tell us about um, Asa Thomas from Lake Forest, and then also Ty Pence from Central Illinois? A uh, couple of kids that both have Illini offers, and um, they, I, I saw a little of both of them, and and I didn't catch them either at great times, but but uh, they do project to nice prospects. I think they both have nice size um, and some athleticism. What, what did you see from those two, Scott? Yeah. Asa Thomas, absolutely love him. Um, we, he made us look stupid by bumping him down one spot in the rankings about literally a week later um, at uh, Riverside Brookfield, where he was the talk of the tournament, to be honest. Um, and there was a lot of high profile players there, but he was, he was the show. He's six foot six. Um, he can play the two or the three, uh, very good at moving without the basketball and finding openings on the perimeter to get his shot off. One of the elite shooters in that class um, from a, from a 
a top top tier prospect he is the best shooter in that class in my opinion um but he can do more than just that he's got a crafty game around the hoop he you know finds different angles to get his shots off he can post up smaller defenders when you're a wing at six foot six especially at the high school level um you know you can find mismatches against a six three two guard and put him on the block and score against them uh he's just he's got a lot of stuff to his game and and i think he's just going to keep getting better and better um pretty good passer as well uh, i like him a lot i think when it comes to ty pence only time i got to see him was at the UIC um, team camp when St. Joe's Ogden came up for it. They played some pretty good competition. I thought he played well. Um, the first couple games, uh, he looked a little bit nervous. But then that last game, he really turned it on. Um, he's a plus shooter. He can really let it fly from deep. He's a good athlete. I wouldn't say an elite athlete. But, uh, yeah, he's got a chance to be a really solid player. I'd project him right now more of a mid-major plus guy with Asa being a for sure um, high major guy that's going to make a jump into the top five overall in that class in our next update. Okay, great. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Cam Christie as well in that, in that 2023 class. He's a, a terrific prospect. I think Illinois has got an uphill battle with him, um, but he, he is – improving every week he's he's turned into a really nice player with two years left of high school as well yeah obviously you know with his brother being at Michigan State I think that's probably um gonna be a tough battle they Illinois was never super involved with Max either I think I mean obviously they offered they took their shot but it, it wasn't really ever something you thought they had a, a legit shot at um, so I would say it's going to be pretty tough with Cam, but uh, as far as his game, really feathery mid-range game. He loves getting in that 15, 18 foot area and just letting it fly. Uh, he did it very, very consistently every time we saw him during both high school live periods. Um, and he's secured one of the top spots in that class for sure. And, and, you know, when he was getting those Michigan State and Ohio State offers, you were like, oh, okay, well, is this just to like help? the brother recruitment mm -hmm. but he's definitely shown that he's more than worthy of those level of offers after his play um the last few weeks and his rolling meadows team was really fun to watch they have two or three other guys that are going to play at the you know probably the d2 and small college level and i think that program's really taken a huge jump um from when max initially got there until probably when cam's going to graduate um they they really have taken taken a step up yeah yeah he i agree he's shown that he's worthy of those offers he's really good um let as we as we kind of wind down here um gotta talk about Braden huff from i know you were at the prep hoops event um this weekend not at not at the under armor but I did Boys. see him on. I did see him on Friday. I okay. both okay. both cool. weekends. We didn't start our event until one o'clock, so I got to see him play in Dallas and in um, and in Indy, one game each. Got it. Okay, good. He he's just really impressive. He, uh, you know, the way a six to be a six foot ten kid who can bring the ball up the court the way he does and initiate the offense and the way he passes, uh, a great shot from three point range. You know, to me, he's a top 75 kind of kid. I, I don't know if, if you agree with that, but uh, I'm not surprised at all that his recruitment starting to take off. He's gotten Iowa and Michigan State offers in the last couple of days. I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to, to snowball in that direction for him. Um, you know, I'm almost like 
a little bit mad at myself for not recognizing this earlier. I, I thought he was good before, but he's he's a top kind of kid in my opinion now. Um, what what can you talk about the progression of of Braden? I assume you've seen him a lot over the years, and uh, from can you talk about what he what you saw at the beginning to where he is now as as just an outstanding college prospect. Yeah, definitely. He um, he kind of broke out on the scene a little bit as a sophomore. And then um, obviously we had the COVID year. Uh, his junior year was a little bit weird because of, you know, the just how everybody's year was weird. But I actually thought he played extremely, extremely well as a junior. We bumped him up to number two in that class because of his play during his junior year. Um, his length, his ability to shoot, shoot it at six foot nine six foot ten uh he's an excellent passer he the wolves even play him at point forward at times and so right. does so right. does glenbard west where he can bring the ball up and and you know facilitate the offense he can also do that out of the high post or the block he's such an excellent passer um i think that brings a lot to the table um one thing that i honestly i think he's got a lot of of growth is you know he had a knee injury in early in the spring and so I don't think he's ever really shown the bounce that we saw during the high mm. school season out of him so yeah, I he's think been that's... wearing a brace the whole this whole time right yeah yep yep so um that was one thing that I noticed he didn't quite have that athletic pop that we saw during the high school season he showed every now and then but it wasn't as eye-popping as when we saw it during the season which hmm. makes you think that like oh wow when he even puts that on top of what he's doing now um from a skill set standpoint he's going to be phenomenal um but yeah no huff's definitely one of the top players in the country easily top 75 80 player in the country and um you know i think one of the one of the four um premier players in this class in illinois in 2022 okay for your for your money, do you do you have Casey number one still overshoot or where you so at it's there? So it's so funny you ask that. Um, we my myself and Steve Parham, who are our staff at Prep Foods Illinois, we debated it all weekend. Um, we're not going to release those rankings until September, so okay. we still got a little bit of time to debate it. But I asked a, I asked quite a few college coaches their opinion. Not that I'm going to. I'm. It's at the end of the day, it's me and Steve's call, but. I asked other media members what their opinion was. And it's crazy because everyone has a different opinion. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting uh, debate, right? Yeah. And I think with AJ, a lot of, well, first of all, one thing that a lot of people didn't know until the other day was he had a broken finger that he played with throughout Peach Jam and throughout mm -hmm. our event. Just so, yeah. so the production wasn't quite what you would think of typically as like a five-star uh, all-American type prospect but um, I've always been a huge fan of AJ he debuted at one he's never lost that um, but there's definitely a case to be made for Jaden shoot mm -hmm. um, who currently sets at three he was pr he probably him and honestly him and Cam Kraft probably had the best months if you look at it Jaden led his team to a championship as the leading scorer um he was he's more than just a shooter but even if you just look at his shooting he's elite 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 he's a plus athlete he can do a lot of different things cam Kraft was one of the best players at peach jam he earned um you know first team all all eybl honors um for his play down there so i think there's a de there's definitely a debate for number one 
between those four mm -hmm. and um pretty good top four now to see what we'd what it's a pretty good top four now yes yes i think all four should be consensus top 100 kids yeah once we enter the the next set of rankings um for for everyone who does it um with how they've played and then there's some depth after that with um you know Jalen Quinn probably gonna be that fifth guy um Trey Pettigrew those two are battling out for the top point guard spot in the class but um yeah I've not decided who will be number one all right one, one thing that's interesting is I was thinking about the other day it's not super rare that kids that they run the table for number one throughout their whole career Max Christie did it mm. um I, I, yeah, I mean, it's Charlie, Charlie Moore didn't because Zach Norvell held it at one time. EJ Liddell, I guess, technically did, but Francis Okoro was in that class and he was number one at one point. So, Jabari um, Parker, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Going back that far. Jabari. Yeah. Um, but so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out here in the next couple months. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun debate. Um, you know, and it's not it's not life or death or anything, but it's it's fun to, to talk about. I think yeah, a lot and of people it, and at the so, end of the day, like everybody makes such a big deal out of the rankings and how I describe it to people is like it's the least favorite part of my job. Mm -hmm. Like they're all high major kids. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Like if if it was up to me, I would just put kids in tears as far as these are high major players, these are high major minus, etc. Mm -hmm. And because I remember the 2017 debate between all those guys, Jeremiah Tillman, Jordan Goodwin, mm -hmm. uh, Mark Smith, uh, Javon Pickett, Justin Smith, Nogel, DeMonte. Like, it was a really, really good class. And um, it was a very hotly debated class as far as the rankings go. At the end of the day, they were all good. Like, none yeah. of them were unbelievable and none of them were horrible. So Fan Fans go nuts for it, though. Yeah, but, I know. I very well <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it has nothing to do with uh, when you're in college, whether you make the shot at the end of the game. It doesn't matter if you're ranked 85th or 54th. Yeah. No. Uh, and, you know, people are have been down on, on AJ Casey. Uh, the play has been a little inconsistent. The motor has been a little inconsistent. But I think I, think I would still have him number one as a 6'8", that much athleticism. Um, and that much versatility, I think I would still give him a little bit of the edge over Jaden Shute. But if I was college coach, I'd love to have either one of them. Um, you know, it's it's not uh, you're not picking between two 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 bad prospects here. So that that'd be a nice thing to have. Um, one thing I wanted to to chat with you real quick on both of us were courtside on Saturday afternoon when. Uh, future Illini Jaden Epps went against what we think is future Illini Reggie Bass um, in team loaded uh, for Epps versus team Teague for Bass um, at the Indiana Convention Center. And I, boy, was I impressed with Jaden Epps. The first time seeing him in person and he could shoot it. He would pull him up for, for smooth threes on transition breaks and um, he was getting after it defensively and, you know, he, he kind of, in my mind, really passed that eye test of what a top 75 national player should look like. What did, what did you think of him? I was super impressed. Like, like you as well. That was my first time seeing him in person. Um, 
big bodied strong guard that um you know fits the mold of where he should be able to come into the Big Ten right away physically and be ready to go. His his pull up game was out of this world, mm-hmm. both from mid range and three, be able to create off the bounce as well as he did. I really thought um, he was impressive. He had that killer mentality um, that I absolutely loved um, watching him where he wanted mm-hmm. to take the heart out of his opponent um, and defensively also really stood out to me. He got in mm-hmm. his opponent's grill and didn't let them move more than just that game. I saw him two other games over the weekend. He was one of the best perimeter defenders I saw all weekend at Prep Hoops 2K21. And he just, um he's got a lot of intangibles that you like he can play on the ball he can play off the ball uh definitely a really really good get for Illinois and someone I think they should be super excited about getting um and they pushed the envelope and got him early um got an early commitment from him which was good because um with the way he played this weekend and he played at Adidas I think a lot more schools might have got involved if he would have still been on the board. Yeah, he, he really did pass the eye test. And I, I looked over at one point and Ed Cooley was sitting courtside, Providence head coach. And I was thinking, oh man, uh, Epps, for, for those listening and might not know, Epps had been committed to Providence and then decommitted this spring. Um, and a few months later chose Illinois, but um, certainly Illinois has been in that spot before every, every college has, but that, that doesn't feel really good when, you have a kid, then you lose him, and he's and he's kind of takes that next step and and looks like oh, maybe a future star kind of kid. That that wouldn't feel real good. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> think he can come in and be a very impactful player for Illinois um, from day one. They're going to lose a lot um, after mm-hmm. this year, probably, um, especially on the perimeter. So they're going to need a guy like him that has a college ready body that can score. Um, and, you know, different players, but like make a Trent Frazier type impact as a freshman where Trent came in and was kind of that microwave scorer um, as during his freshman year before IO got there. I can see that kind of role for him as a freshman. Hey, Scott, and before we before we wrap things up here, I want to give you an opportunity to talk to talk about your network of prep hoops. And, you know, for these these um, life period events, you're competing with. Uh, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, you know, three shoe companies that have an endless supply uh, of cash, just the cash flow. And, uh, you know, they, they, they can spend all this money on their big events, but I've been very impressed with the growth of Prep Hoops and the role that you guys are playing in some of these uh, summer events and some of the talent that are, that are playing for the Prep Hoop events. Can you talk to that a little bit and uh, the growth of your network and what it's been all about for you? Yeah, I appreciate that, Doug. Yeah, so I um, I actually took over a role on the event side this past um, January as the assistant director for Prep Hoop Circuit, along with our director, Matt Reynolds, um, our CEO, Nick Carroll, um, Jenna Wetzel, who does a tremendous job on the administrative side, um, along with our operations team, who um, I know Jeff was there. He saw the 25, we had 25 courts um, put down in a convention center in two different um, two different ballrooms. Um, you know, our guy Andrew Krupp did a great job with that. But as far as the events go, yeah, we ran three live period events um, during the, the live period. The first weekend we were in Birmingham, Alabama um, at the Birmingham Convention Center. That weekend 
Um, we had uh, Mean Streets there. We had Georgia Stars there, Live On, along with all our top independent teams um, that play with us year-round, Team Teague, um, you know, Tulsa Hawks, who uh, Illinois just offered their star player, Parker Fredrickson, the 2023. Um, so that was a really good event. It was very well attended by college coaches. Um, the next weekend in Dallas was um, a little bit different because all three shoe companies were running that weekend. So, but we were in the same city as Under Armour. So that um, allowed college coaches to bounce back and forth. We were at Drive Nation which is right next to the airport. So uh, easy for coaches to get in and out. Um, we had all our top independent teams in it. It was very well attended as well by college coaches. And then this past weekend in um, Indianapolis, 2K21, it was an event that we really worked hard on for about six weeks because that period, we always thought that they were going to add another live period, but we didn't know what the exact date would be. And so once we figured out that was it, we knew Under Armour was going to be in town. We went all out after it. Um, we got some of the best Adidas teams in the country as Adidas wasn't playing this weekend. So we got Mass Rivals. We got uh, Team Loaded North Carolina, Team Loaded Virginia, um, D1 Minnesota, uh, Team Rose. Uh, the list goes on and on. Middlesex Magic, which is one of the top programs in the country who has Notre Dame commit. Um, and so we just really – we did a, uh, our, our best effort to get the top talent there and then put them against the, the players that we see year-round on our circuit um, that play on the prep circuit year-round and um, get some great matchups. And I think we did that. Um, there was, uh, I think the last count I heard was 361 colleges were represented mm -hmm. at our event this weekend. And we had 281 281 um, teams, which was the biggest um, event in the country last weekend. Um, so uh, as far as number of teams, and um, it had to be up there as far as number of college coaches. So um, we're really happy with how it went, finish out this weekend. I'll be back in Indy for our finals, um, and then we're done, and I can sleep, hopefully, after seven <laughs> straight weeks. Tell, tell our uh, listeners how they can subscribe, Scott. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just um, Prep Hoops Illinois, uh, prephoops.com backslash Illinois. Um, and you can go on there and get a subscription. Um, if you use the code SCOTTYB20, um, you actually get 20% off. And you can subscribe for a month. You can subscribe for a year. And we'll have tons of content on prospects from across the state of Illinois, Um we're going to have a lot of post summer recap stuff coming up in August. The rankings will be coming out in September and then uh, we'll have the prep hoops top 250 camp, which will get a lot of coverage and um, just a lot of recruiting stuff in the fall. Um, these kids are coming off the board fast, but we still got the majority of them still on the board and we'll be doing weekly updates with the top players in the state and, finding out how their visits are going, um, where they're leaning and all that kind of stuff. Great. Yeah. Just to, to echo what, what Doug was saying, Scott, uh, kudos to you guys. The prep hoops events have been great, real impressed with them. And, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed attending and, and been good seeing you on the circuit this, uh, spring and summer. Yeah. I appreciate you guys coming out. It's always great to, to have, um, you guys out at our events and keeping the Illinois fans um, 
updated on how their prospects are doing and uh, and seeing them play. All right, there you have it, Illinois fans. Um, Jeff Carzan, our resident uh, hoops guru. Uh, Scotty B, thanks, man, from Prep Hoops. Uh, a lot of good stuff on on uh, current and future Illinois recruiting targets in the state of Illinois. Until uh, next time, Doug Bouchon, the publisher of orangeandbluenews.com. Uh, currently, you can get a 30-day free trial. So go to www.illinois.rivals.com or orangeandbluenews.com to subscribe. Thanks again, Scott. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.